welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Sandy. Hi, I'm Sandy, a compulsive overeater. Hi. I'm really, really happy to be here. Welcome to the newcomers, and congratulations to all the chip takers. I, um, I used to come to this meeting a lot. It was a regular. Um, I've been in this program 18 years, and I was struck abstinent when I came through the doors. Um, I had tried so many things, and I was marvelous at losing weight. I couldn't maintain it for the life of me. And I wasn't only miserable, I made everyone around me miserable. Like if people were supposed to meet me um, for a meal and they were late, I went off. Um, it's not a pretty sight. Um, finally, I, I, I was going to this group of a therapist who was, um, it was a group for people with compulsive overeaters, and, um, and it was pricey, and um, I was doing well, and um, my husband got laid off, and I couldn't afford to go anymore. Um, but she was using OA concepts, and she had the daily readers there, and we read from it, and I knew the place to go was OA. And um, the first meeting I went to was Serenity Sunday, and I was really graced to be struck um, with abstinence. And um, the only abstinence I could do in the beginning was not to binge. That was the best I could do. And when my first sponsor explained we eat three meals, I said, I do that. And she said, no, you eat from the morning you wake up, you eat the three meals, and you graze all day long, and you stop when you fall asleep and you're comatose. And I was shocked. I had no idea. And she explained very simple concepts to me, that we eat three meals, one or two snacks, and we eat breakfast within two hours when we wake up. I used to love to eat breakfast at 11 and lunch at 12, and that had to stop. And she explained to me, there's time, and we don't eat. We, I couldn't do it for a long time. We don't eat after dinner. It took me a long time, many years, to get there. Um, and I grew up in a really, really chaotic home, and um, my mother was gorgeous. She was French, and she was lively and vivacious, and she had one of those, you know, cigarette holders that the women held, and bright red lipstick, and she was gorgeous. And I had a sister who everyone called the beautiful one. Michelle was the beautiful one, and I was the smart one. Um, and um, appearances were everything. Your hair had to be perfect, and your nails needed to be done, and your clothes were perfect, and 
when I walked in the room, that was the first thing that was said to me, not hello, I love you. One of these things were always criticized. Um, I came back from a trip with my high school boyfriend, who was a really nice guy, and I had gone on a wonderful trip with him. We had gone to San Francisco, and I came home, and she looked at me, and she said, you must have gained 10 pounds. And it was things like that, and I had no idea how, it's only now when I look back, how much I internalized this stuff. Um, and um, my first abstinence was no binging, and I was able to get it where there was somebody wonderful who went to these meetings. His name was Carl, and he talked about one plate. And that one plate concept really helped me. Sometimes it's that you can go, it was, I could be good at home. I could be good at home, and I had a job where I would pack, actually my husband did, he packed me my breakfast, my lunch, my snack, and that lunch box. And I learned that if it wasn't in that lunch box, it wasn't mine. I could be great at work. That was fine. And I worked places where people would always bring food as a thank you to the rest of us who were of service. And I worked outside of Diamond's Bakery or right across from Cantor's, and all these smells would come to me. And they were marvelous. But I learned that that wasn't my food. But when I got home, and on weekends, it was really hard. And what spoke to me about this program was the structure. And I really needed the structure. I needed to wake up in the morning and call my sponsor. I needed to pray. I needed to get to meetings. And back then when I came in, I was pretty much a workaholic and I had a child with special needs. So I could only go to the meetings on the weekends. And my sponsor said, you need to go to two literature meetings at least a week. And I went to a big book meeting. And I went to a 12 and 12. And those saved my life and really rooted me and gave me the structure I needed. And I called fellows. And when I came in, I got very close with four fellows, three women and a man. And we were very tight. And we hung out together the first four years. Unfortunately, I don't see any of them in these rooms. I haven't seen them after those years. But I was so graced to stick. I really was the blessed one. Um, and my husband said to me in the beginning, you don't need to go to those meetings. Why do you have to go? And it was hard for him to stay with my daughter. And I've been 10 pounds less, and I've been 25 pounds more. And he always loved me, even when I was heavy. And my sister loved to tell these stories. She'd say, well, Sandra's very small-boned. And, you know, and she would say that. And so it's all fat on her. Mm-hmm. And it, it really seemed like that. It was in my face. It was always in my chest and my tummy. And my chest would just, like, elevate like Dolly Parton. And I was, <laughs> I was mortified. Um, Unfortunately, I have a bad foot, and I need to sit down. I can walk, but I just can't stand, so excuse me. Thank you, Michelle. Um, 
And he would constantly say, why are you going to those meetings? You don't need to go. And he would fight me. And my mother and sister would constantly make fun of me because I'd say, well, what's the food going to be? What's the meal so I could plan my food? But you know what? My fellows and the structure of this program got me through. This was different than any diet. There was structure here, something I could follow on a daily basis. I was always graced to have a sponsor. Um, if there's anything I can say, get a sponsor. I changed my first sponsor. Um, I have struggled through the years to change. Um, as a sponsor and a sponsor when it's not a good fit, but God always blessed me with the right sponsor for where I was in life, and that has meant the world. Um, going back to what it was like, um, my mother used to meet me in elementary school, and she'd give me a bag of cookies and say, don't talk to you, eat these, because... I don't know, she said I would misbehave, and food was always everything. first husband. Um, he was from Italy, and um, the first time I went to meet him and stayed with him for three months, I ate my way through everything to deal with anxiety, and that was the only way I knew how to deal with anxiety, and I ballooned right up, and he, he was astonished, and when my parents came to visit me, needless to say, I heard nothing but bad stuff. And um, when I went to college and graduate school, the only way I could get through it was having my hand in bags, big pretzels, chips, or soft chocolate chip cookies. Am I allowed to talk about food? <laughs> or soft chocolate chip <laughs> I just needed the sugar and the salt to face life. I just couldn't. I used to eat in the car. I just... There was, there was no acceptable way, and um, my parents were Holocaust survivors, and when they came to this country and they had enough money to be comfortable, they kind of became hippies, and they were going to Sunset Boulevard and dancing, and they were smoking pot, and they were alcoholics, and I knew early that was not my gig, but food, food was... It was there, it was available, it was wonderful, and I needed it. I just needed it. Um, and I, So when I went to me, and I was with my husband the first time in Europe before we got married, and I ate everything. All the shops knew me, everybody, and um, we owned a restaurant, and they would all call me the senora, and whatever the senora wanted wanted, she got it, and it was made for her. I didn't even have to cook it. Um, and I came back here. Um, I got divorced. I came back here, and like I said, I got into the program, 
and um, it was different. It was so, it was different than anything I experienced. And one of the cassettes I had always heard from my mother was, you never stick with anything. You never stick with anything. And when I would go to Serenity Sunday every week, and it was like, I can't be like these people. I can't imagine. And there were people there who had kept over 100 pounds off for 25, 30 years. And it was the most amazing thing. And I thought, I can't do that. And they talked about going through death and divorce and sick children and cancer. And I thought, and staying absent. I thought, I can't do that. But you know what? I stayed. And I stayed for four years. And my abstinence was no binging. And I started to do no sugar. And uh, one Passover, I ate a whole box of crackers at one sitting, and I thought, wow. Before that, it, it was my, you know, I could hold it together Monday through Friday, but on the weekend, it was really hard. But I could still do that within abstinence, and traveling was really hard. Like, if it wasn't nailed down, I wanted to eat it. <laughs> and I couldn't do that. I mean, going on vacation, it was like, how do people go on vacations and still follow their food plan? <laughs> so I lost my abstinence after four years, and I had heard someone else who, he was a 200-pounder, and he had restarted his abstinence. And he said, you know what? It's just a number. That's all it is. And it's what I needed to hear. And I restarted my abstinence, and... I took all those chips all over again. I went through the tw uh, 12 steps again. And it was different. It was really different. The no binging, I got a handle on that. The no sugar, I really had to put down the sugar. For me, I couldn't do it. And I don't understand. I know there are people, bless their hearts, and my hat's often to eat sugar in moderation. I never knew moderation. That was just not my concept. I had to swing from starving to binging. It was just the extremes, and it's my personality. It's very hard for me to walk the middle of the road and do life in moderation. Um, I'm, I am OCD. I'm an obsessive compulsive, and um, I'm still like that today, and I still run with perfection. But it has gotten so much easier in these rooms, so much. You know, I first started with no sugar, and it was recreational sugar. But I was still doing the frozen yogurt. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's okay, because it's like, it's diet. And that had to go. And breakfast foods, you know, waffles, pancakes, anything, they were sugar for me. I couldn't do them. And, you know, if it, it walked like a duck. It was a duck, and it just didn't work for me. And then I got raced um, with, I had to work a long time on no eating after dinner, because most of my food was after dinner to when I went to sleep. And that was so hard, but people got up and they spoke about freedom. And I wanted that freedom so bad. When I came into these rules, besides being fat and I didn't like to look at myself, I was really scared. I was out of control and it was really scaring me. 
just to be so out of control, and it affected my family. Not only was I binging and miserable, but every Sunday night it was send-off. And I would send my husband to the market to buy me those soft chocolate chip cookies and the biggest bag of chips. And I had my send-off, send-off, send-off. And on Monday the diet would start. That had always been my M.O. And you know, if I blew it, I blew it for the week. And it was gone. And we would start on Monday. And so I did learn how to eat, to not eat, or for, um, I learned for a long time, it, it, if I was going to eat after dinner, first it was just fruit. And I learned to do that. And then I learned to give up eating after dinner. Um, I always went to sleep early, so that was pretty easy. Not compared, like when I have sponsors and they stay up really late, I'm like, yeah, you need to eat something after dinner. But for me... You know, I always went to sleep early, and I was up early, so, and to this day. So that was not like some other people who stay up late and work late. Um, I got that. Um, and then um, I had a sponsor who was a big book thumper, and I called her seven days a week in the morning, and we started out, and we prayed together. Every morning we prayed out of the big book. The prayers, there were, you know, I knew all of them, the promises, a vision for you, all this. And we went through the big book. And I went every Sunday to Roxbury Park, and I read out of the big book. And I really needed that in the beginning. I, uh, that was it. I just, I needed that. I couldn't make it without it. And then my sponsor taught me about portion control. And I was like, so in the beginning, all I could do was the one plate, and it saved me. I went to restaurants, and I ate a plate of food, and the plate was huge. It was humongous. My daughter and husband would be mortified when I went to soup plantation. I would line that plate with cucumbers on the outside and build the biggest salad and pour tons of cheese. It was huge, and they were embarrassed. But you know what? I only ate that one plate, and I never went back for seconds. That was it. And that one plate saved me till today when I travel. And it saved me when I ate Chinese food. I learned I fill that plate, and people would look at me like, what is she doing? How's it around me? Share. It's like, or I ordered my one meal. That was my plate. I wasn't going to share. And my husband and daughter knew not to even attempt to try to eat my food. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. And then I had to learn not to eat food off of my husband's and daughter's plate. And that was hard. That was really hard. But I was learning all these habits and building an incredibly strong core here. And, um, and just... Being OCD and a perfectionist, I love the I love the structure that this gives me in my life. And um, and another reason I really wanted to stop the out of control eating was I didn't want my daughter to learn it from me. It was so important. She is a compulsive overeater, and she really needs that program. And she went to meetings with me as a kid, but it didn't stick. And for so long, I have felt that it was my fault. I showed her this was my coping mechanism. 
I'm past that now with God's help. It still saddens me, but I'm past it. And for so long, I wanted my husband to be in the program with me. And he was a normie. <laughs> he was a normie. Um, and then when later in life, he got those manhandles. I was like, you need to go to program. He's like, I'm not going. It's your gig. I'm not going. Um, and it was hard. And I wanted not to have sugar in my house or any binge foods. But I had a small child, and she wasn't growing. And she wasn't gaining weight like she was supposed to in the beginning. She even went on growth hormones. And we needed those things to be in the house for her. But you know what? Um, I made it through those hard times that people talked about without food. Um, my dad died. He died suddenly. He died in Europe, and um, my mother was there with him, and my sister went to see him, and she knew he was dead, and she didn't even take me, she didn't offer me to go on the plane, and I wasn't involved in any of that, and I had huge resentments, huge resentments, and very on, my sponsor had taught me, we pray for others. Pray for them. And, you know, I would pray, and she taught me every morning. I pray every morning. When I came into this program, my second meeting, I was so lucky. I sat down next to Roseanne, not knowing who she was. And she said to me, every morning when you wake up, you say the first three steps. And I structured my prayers around the first three steps. And I say a, a, a prayer in my faith that is the watchword of my faith. And I pray every morning. And I pray for my husband and daughter. And I pray for um, my sister, who I stopped talking to uh, 10 years ago. And for a while, I couldn't do this program and talk to my mother and my sister. I didn't speak to either of them. And... I just could, I couldn't do the program. And I don't recommend it for anybody, but it was what I needed. And when my mother got very sick, um, and she would get out of bed the last few years, with this program, I had the ability to make amends and just show up. And this was the mother who we went out with every week, my husband and daughter, and she would talk about in front of them what a bad wife and bad mother I was because I set limits with my daughter and she needed those limits and I needed it for my sanity I learned about boundaries here and um, I worked in places where there weren't always very good boundaries thank you and I needed them and I learned it here. And at my last job, which I loved, I loved what I did my whole career, but it was a crazy place. And with my sponsor, I learned I needed to leave that place. And I hung out just till I get, could get full health benefits for my husband and myself, because I knew that was really important. And with my sponsor's help, I was able to leave that job. And it was really hard. My whole self-esteem was in working. 
I mean, it was who I was, and I've been retired now for, since October, and I'm going on an interview for a part-time job on Monday. And if it's what I want, and God says it's my plan, that's what's going to be. But really what changed me in this program was the spiritual awakening, and it was so gradual. It was there, and just a strong core where I learned to pray to God when I couldn't get through things. And it got me through work. And I was a couch potato. I'm 60. I was a couch potato for the majority of my life, even the first probably 10 or 12 years in this program. And then I learned to walk. And even though I can't stand, I still can walk. And I wear my Fitbit. And I try to get 10,000 steps a day. And when I walk in the morning, that's when I pray. And I walk in the shower. And I pray all day long. And I need visuals. There are visuals that remind me of God all day long. Um, and with me. And my truth is, I had to go to Al-Anon and make that my primary program. But I never left away. And I still went to a meeting, and I have a food sponsor that I send my food to every day. And I was lucky. I never lied to my sponsors. I always told them the truth on my food. And it wasn't perfect, but that was like, that was God. My sponsor was a messenger of God, and I wasn't going to lie. And it really saved me, because I could have made it pretty, and I always lied about food my whole life. But this is the place where I learned not to. And this program is amazing. It's amazing. It's gotten me through. I made amends to my mother before she died. I got into bed with her once or twice every week because she couldn't get out of bed and she was sick. And I made her amends and I told her I loved her the way she was and I meant it. Um, I made amends to my sister. But we still don't talk. Um, and it's my choice. It's what's best for me. And when my mother died and um, my sister ran the funeral, I had cousins I hadn't seen in years. And they came to talk to me. And they noticed. And my mother's funeral, I missed her, but it was a blessing. I have four cousins now who I see regularly who are a strong part of my life. And this would have happened without this program. And the blessings, you know, I learned early to um, see, see the daily blessings every day. And um, they're not, I don't believe, they're coincidence. And I thank God all through the day. Things happen for me. Things that my way wasn't right. God knew what was best. And I've learned to be patient and to listen to God's plan for me. And I'm willful, and I take it back, but just to try to remember to surrender. And when I started this program, I was a screamer and yeller at my husband and daughter, and I didn't get it. But then I saw my daughter was so small and young, and she used to just like, you know, stand back, and I realized I was screaming. It took me a long term time to learn how to speak appropriately. And it's still something that I mess up on. 
And my daughter had lots of program, uh, problems. She needed programs. <laughs> she had physical problems and psychological programs. And she had to move out of the house, and I put her in residential. And it was the hardest thing. And I started her on meds. And it was the hardest thing. But she always called and said, Mommy, when I put her on meds, I can hear the teacher now. Mm-hmm. And when I put her in residential, and she fought me for six months, and my husband fought me for six months. When she got there, she said, you were right. And for a long time, she couldn't come home. She just couldn't come home. She couldn't come home and respect us and made turmoil in the home. Now she comes home. She comes home every, every two weeks, and she'll stay two days. And she wants to leave, and I want her to stay. Mm-hmm. And when she was young, they told me this kid would never go to college. Mm-hmm. She was a year away. It took her a long time, but she was a, a year away from getting her bachelor's in education. And she's working with children with autism. And never did I ever think these things would happen. And she's healthy. She's healthy as an ox. Um, she's a compulsive overeater. And you know what? I don't lay into her anymore. I learned not to say things about her weight and about her because I knew how destructive it was. And I tell her how much I love her, and she is beautiful on the inside and the outside. And I married a wonderful man, but I had to come in this program to learn how to treat him with the love and respect he deserves. And I did. And I am so grateful to this program. Thank you. And repeat these questions. Okay. Questions? Hi. Thank you. Um, what does your morning routine look like? Okay. Question was, what does my morning routine look like? I um, I get up and I walk. And that's when I pray. Um, and I usually walk with my husband and the two dogs, and then he takes them, and I go further. And that's when I really pray. It's quiet, and it's my time with God. Um, and even when I worked, I used to go to work early get to the building early and walk around the campus. I just need that to center me. So I pray when I walk and I pray in the shower because I always shower so I know I'm going to hit my prayers. <laughs> um, and I pray through the day. I wake up and I, what I have found, my, the road narrows and my food has changed so much. I am. A, I try to eat high fiber, low carb, and high protein. I try not to have my carbs till later to the day. That's just my body because then I want it. So in the morning I eat a high protein breakfast. For lunch I'll eat a high protein lunch. And then I'll have fruit for a snack. Um, and dinner, you know, more high protein. Um, I go to at least three meetings a week. I speak with my sponsor. I send my food daily. I had a sponsor who dropped me for, I didn't go to meetings when I traveled. I go to meetings when I travel. And if I can't get to OA, I usually go to AA because it's easier to find AA. 
I I went to a meeting in uh, Tel Aviv, and I don't speak Hebrew, and the people around, and this woman said in English, I know where that meeting is, I'll walk you. <laughs> everywhere I go now, I go to meetings. Um, I sponsor, um, and I try to work these steps to the best of my ability. I keep working them. Hope I answered your question. Yes, please. Can you talk about your higher power a little bit more? Um, you know, I always believe in God. Oh, uh, the question was, could you talk about your higher power? I believed in God as a child, um, and I think that's what helped me. But I never thought God, or that I would ask God to help me with something as small and incidental as my food. There were big problems in the world. How could I ask God to help me with my food? But you know, I learned here I could. And my higher power grew. It's just, you know, going to those literature meetings, it grew. Thank you. It's time to end. Thank you.